Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Popper to the People is brought to you by ABU Games. You can visit them online at abugames.com or through their bots, the card store and the card store too. You can find us each week on mtgostrat.com and mtgcast.com. This is Popper the People, episode 120. My name is Chris, and with me is Nate. Hello. Peter. Hello. And special guest, Dan. Hi, guys. Hey, Dan. So we've um, we've talked a lot over email correspondence and, and comments and YouTube videos and stuff, but I think this might be the actual first time that we've actually talked face-to-face over Skype, as it were. Yes. Which is pretty cool, so... Will um, Will from MTGO Strat sent me a quick email. He said, "Have fun trying to understand Dan." It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they told me they would get the translator uh, for the next episode of Competitive Podcast. Oh man, whatever. So yeah, Dan's a Dan's a host along with Will and Chris Weaver of um, a Competitive Poppercast on MTGO Strat. So we'll have We're him on here. We got a episode. Couple. Sorry, we're only two episodes yeah. deep so far, so uh, I don't even know if we're a thing yet, but we're trying. Oh, so you guys, so you guys have find it easy to find subject matter yet? Well, that'll change in a few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, don't give away the fact that we're struggling to the new guy, okay? <laughs> say, let him be bushy-eyed and bushy-tailed and look at him going, we can do this, it can be a thing, until the stark reality hits him. But I could do a good job. Don't worry about that. Episode 42, I think. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm really just kidding. Well, so, I, I'm, um, still, uh, I'm still wide-eyed and like optimistic. Yes. But I have to tell Fuck. you uh, a pop to the people story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, last year, I got married. And uh, I went on a one-month honeymoon. I went to Paris, and I went to Scotland, I went to Bulgaria. And uh, my wife is a, a late sleeper. And mm-hmm. fortunately for me, I'm an early morning person, as this is 5.30 a.m. right now. And in the mornings of the honeymoon, I uh, had received, I was like grinding daily events in Pauper before, and I had received uh, this uh, the blue-black trinket control deck from my pro friend. So I was playtesting Trinket Control while she was sleeping every morning. And I was listening to every single episode of Popper to the People. <laughs> so, wow. so I managed to do like three episodes today, I think. Jeez. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't... These are so cool. And now I'm here. It's great. <laughs> I don't know whether to feel flattered or kind of like, what were you doing? No, yeah. <laughs> So that's awesome. Well, yeah, I you know, like, thank you. Uh, I think four hours to kill every morning, so. For that's sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I Thanks. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And um, Dan also does the, um, I'm going to blank on it, the, the podcast of the month video up on YouTube where he just kind of goes over the reasonings behind his personal top 10 podcasts of the month that are magic related. And, and so, and, 
and I mean, MTGO Strat, not to, not to blow smoke up your butt or anything, but I, I obviously talk a lot about, about MTGO Strat, but I mean, the, the amount of content you guys put out is awesome. And the fact that so much of it is, is popper related is, is just really refreshing to see the, you know, like I've said, it's kind of like the channel fireball of Popper, and and it's great to see. It's, so it's great to have a representative on from that. You know, we had Will on, now we're having you on, so it's it's awesome. Thanks. I hear you're having Chris on soon too. Yeah, um, couple of weeks, couple of weeks from now, we're gonna have Chris on, so we're gonna get the trifecta of the new podcast guys on too. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then we're gonna get Maddie back on. He's he's gonna have a couple of weeks off, so he's overdue, and yeah. then that just leaves. Grant, who's super busy with work and stuff. Uh, one more thing about uh, the top ten magic podcasts: it's it's not the monthly thing. I've, I've avoided making it monthly because it's buy or try monthly. I think the next one yeah. will be in September. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a jury now. Uh, we're four members: uh, me, uh, Will, Matty, and uh, Tangent for uh, for the September episode. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm trying Tangent. to make it less personal and uh, more uh, uh, <laughs> more real. <laughs> yeah, we're having we're having you on here to try and bolster our ratings on that on that list. <laughs> Especially since Maddie doesn't vote be, vote for us because he feels he's too close to it. Oh. You have been doing well on the list. Yes, we have, we have, and I do appreciate it. So, but as far as news goes. Um, I wanted to do a quick report on that Walla Walla Standard Popper paper event that I went to last weekend. What deck did you play anyway, out of curiosity? I played the Gruel deck. Nice. Yeah, nice. and I got I got worked. Oh, what deck did you go up against? Um, I went up against, the first round I went up against a red-white Aboros, Aboros Tokens deck. Ooh. Which, when you're, not, <laughs> when you're not counting on against going up against that, um, I had done a lot of extensive testing against the online metagame, you know, not against people that you know are a little more casual than that, and, are, and you know, most uh, of the people there were just kind of like, yeah, I just looked at what was there and I, I threw something together based off of some synergies I saw, which you know, tokens is a big thing. Yeah. So tokens me go without, down to charge and win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and me without an electricery in my sideboard. <laughs> oh, no, no, sir, no, no. Yeah, so that was that was pretty brutal. So round two, um, yeah, I lost that one handily. Round two, I'm trying to remember. Um, round two, I got spanked again, and I think that that was... Hmm, I feel bad I'm not going to remember, but it was another beating. But round three, I actually managed to win. I went up against a Jund build that was really similar to ours, but um, he splashed some black for, like, Mark of the Vampire and that type of thing. Oh, to to pretty good effect. I mean, you mark the vampire a, um, the the goblin that blows himself up. Or, no, when he dies, he does one damage to oh arsonist, arsonist, the one with the hedron on his head. So throw mark of the vampire on ar- arsonist, swing in. I'm not gonna block it because I don't want it to die and kill one of my small dudes. And then he throws a rubble belt maka into the graveyard and just makes it that much bigger. <laughs> So it was it was pretty effective. That was that was a straight up brawl. I managed to win that one, but it, yeah, it was a fight to do that. So it seems like a was to say Mark of the Vampire is a great card and all, but it seems like a weird color to splash for. Yeah, considering the, considering the casting cost, it's a it's a pretty large commitment. 
And yeah, it he was... sets you up to get two for one real big, but it is basically the standard popper armadillo cloak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um yeah, and there were a couple of other decks. There was um there was a Grixis, uh kinda like the blue red, but there was some Grixis splashed into it too. Um round two I remember now. I went up against um I went up against Is It and got worked. Oh. That was it was the same thing, you know, it's like I play something, he counters it, I play something, he counters it, he burns me. So yeah, but I mean it was it was good. It was you know, and I I didn't go to that thing to to win. Obviously I went and, and played well, you know, I, I played to the best of my abilities, but it was it was about the the community and about getting to do that type of thing that was really important yeah. to me, and so it was a lot of fun. Um, Matt, the the gentleman that I've I've met a couple of times now, the one who kind of introduced me to the Walla Walla uh, Popper community that they have there, he was playing um, a deck. I didn't get to see all of it in action, but you know, he had some M14 stuff in there, and he was doing some Butcher Ghoul and Blood Baron. And traitorous blood and blood throne vampire type of thing. Oh. Basically, if it had blood in the title, the- but he was doing a lot of like sacrifice stuff to make blood baron bigger. You know, take control of it, sack it. Yeah. You know, sack your own stuff when it to to bring other stuff back. So that was really cool. I wrote down some of the stuff for that. I want to try and get that one built. So you didn't see any flickergate decks? <laughs> not specifically, at least not any that I came up uh. against. And no um, offense to any Flickerade deck players out there, but my god, do I hate that deck. Uh, I'm one. <laughs> I was going to say, I know uh, you play it a lot, Dan, it's, and I can't blame you, but my god, that just playing against that is so damn frustrating. It's like banging your head while it's going, we're going to get there eventually. One of us will. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I'm doing videos, uh, I often, in other formats, it's like half an hour, 40 minutes, but I know when I bring out Flickergate, it'll be a one-hour video every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. You heard for content or something, bring out the Flickergate. Exactly. It's like, I don't know, I can't remember the last time, but I think I've said it before, I'm like, I can't remember the last time I finished a match, win or lose against Flickergate, where they had more than a minute of playtime left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Innistrad to rotate out. You know, <laughs> I think that would be very healthy. For yeah. <laughs> so the um, the gentleman who worked with Matt to put it on um, was named Pat, and he's a teacher at the school there. We had it at um, the Walla Walla Alternative High School, so it was it was really cool to see all of these. Um, like they had a recording studio there. There was a lot of focus on on artwork, and and so it was neat to meet some of the kids and to. Just kind of see, you know, all of the creativity that was on display there, and you know, it's something that they want to get going on a regular basis, and and I'm definitely in for next time. I think it would actually be pretty cool to try and find, you know, seven other guys here, um, and go up against eight guys up there and make it some sort of team type of tournament or or whatever what you will. But no, it was fun, and it's it's when you spend so much time with Magic playing it online. There's just some really wacky stuff that you have to readjust to when you're playing in paper. 60-card deck is pretty unwieldy when you're not used to it. <laughs> just fumbling it. Especially, <laughs> especially with new sleeves. I mean, I'd shuffle in cards and go spitting out everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I just look like an idiot. They're like, you do a show? <laughs> you can't even hold the cards. Shut up. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. And um, I wanted to thank everyone that, that was there that attended and, you know, Matt and, and Pat both for, for setting it up and inviting me along, and, and I'm excited for the next one. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it'd be really cool if you can get that paper community going because I think people, a lot of people that play Popper online that just play Popper online, they don't realize the fun that you can get out of paper Popper because there's there's stuff you can do in paper Popper that you just can't do online. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to play that mono. I brought that mono black pimped out all foreign cards with the hymn to Torak on it, and I didn't get a chance to oh. actually play it, but everyone kind of looked at it and was like, holy cow. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm a baller. No, <laughs> really. <You're> jealous. <laughs> no, it was fun. Um, so, so, yeah. As far as other news, I'm there really hasn't been a whole lot. Oh, basically, tournament-wise, I still haven't gotten in touch with Long Time Gone. Uh, we've been missing each other. Um, hopefully soon. Um, I would like to some feedback by people what kind of tournament they want to see, whether they want to see a uh, standard or classic. My vote's for yeah, standard. Or even, I'll just say that right now. If we get enough <laughs> standard with no flicker, with no ghostly flicker, we'll just ban it ourselves. <laughs> they can play it, I guess, it's just, but who knows, by the time we get set up, it'll rotate out anyway, so don't worry about it. But yeah, so you know, that's kind of where we get I'm enough at with interest. That. If we get enough interest, we could maybe see, you know, if someone want, if enough people want to do classic and enough people want to do standard. Well, from what from what I gathered from long time, that we could do pretty much anything. So if we really wanted to, we could run both. But I think if I'm pretty sure the first thing he's going to say that if we go through gathering, we're going to have to provide the prize prize support for that tournament. Oh, that's easy oh, yeah. enough. So perfectly acceptable. They, they, appear to have a couple, they appear to have a couple of uh, bot chains that provide uh, prices for them, so there might be one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, long, you don't have to. Long time oh, sorry, gone. Uh, long time gone. Really nice guy. He kicked my ass uh, uh, yesterday <laughs> in um, a modern. I played a modern event on Gathering, and he was. He really crushed me. Yeah, and for those that may not know, the reason why we're doing or haven't heard the last episode, the reason why we're doing online this year for Popper to the People, we will be, is because Chris can't make it to Minnesota this year. Blame it on me. So, yeah, it's Chris's fault. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. I had, I had to go and get a new job that was more career-oriented. To <laughs> How dare you move up in life? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's so basically we're just going to do this one online and we'll think of doing something. Something, yeah. uh, and we'll figure next year out because, uh, I have some other ideas that I'd, I'd that I have some uh, different ideas for next year, but, uh, we'll discuss that later. What was really interesting about playing that in paper is you're talking to people, and quite a few of them don't really play online. And so they're like, you know, what's the classic metagame like? And I said, well, Mono Blue Fairies. And, you know, you know, explain. It's like, well, you got Delver, you've got... And then you start listing off. It's like, even though they're not that familiar with all of the cards' history, you know, all of the cards all the way back, it's like you start mentioning Days and Counterspell and Snap. And, the, oh, jeez, yeah, even I know what those are. It's like, yeah, you throw all those... Those are all commons, man. <laughs> and they make a gross deck when they're together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone else have any other news or anything? Nothing much, just the norm. EDH. Uh, I'm w- playing the brew. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I want to mention a big um, uh, thing on MTGeostrat. Uh, just uh, G-Series 84, uh, with the support of eHustle, uh, posted uh, an article called uh, 
uh, pretty much detailing the state of the poker uh, tournament metagame and the it's the best formulation of the temporal fissure problem right now. So why temporal fissure is uh, bad for pauper and why something should be done about it. It's it's very it's a very good read. Oh, are you talking mm-hmm. about the six month test article? Yes. Good article. I do suggest everyone read that if you get the opportunity to. Yeah, at across it's called at a crossroads pauper six month experiment. So yeah, it's good reading. But I mean. There's a bunch of good reading on MTGO Strat. Go to MTGO Strat. Read. Read, this Go there, read everything. <laughs> <laughs> read a book. That's what you do. <laughs> All right. Well, the one of the main reasons we had Dan on, aside from you know actually getting to to meet and speak with him a little more personally, is to talk about the Popper Gauntlet. Speaking of MTGO Strat things that are happening, um, and if you're not familiar with it, it is well. Dan, why don't you go ahead and explain it? All right. Uh, the Pauper Gauntlet. Uh, when I started the Magic Gathering Strat, the, uh, the YouTube channel, I uh, wanted to do spiky things. I'm a spike. I wanted to do coverage of tournaments and uh, tournament matchups. I wanted to cover all the big Pauper matchups. So I started doing videos, and I had, like, it's a post versus Stompy, and people were like, uh... And then I started doing some rogue stuff, and then I had, like... Weird decks like uh, Pauper, Pink Pants versus Delver, and <laughs> there were lots and lots of views. And I realized that, okay, people just... The, the thing that people want most on YouTube is Crazy Bruce in Pauper. So I figured, okay, can I do something that sort of st- is still spiky in some sense, so I'm interested in it, and it also covers all these brews. So I figured, okay, what if I let the Pauper decks run through the tournament practice room, pretty much trying to survive. So the Pauper Gauntlet is a race between Pauper decks in the tournament practice room against random opponents, just trying to survive as long as possible. So there will be a starting field of uh, somewhere between, it's 32 right now, and Mm -hmm. I, I will cap it at 100 decks, probably less. And on August the 12th, they will start playing in the tournament practice room. Uh, one round at a time, any deck that loses gets eliminated. And in the end, probably by the end of the year, just one deck will remain. It's a pretty excellent idea. And um, I'm reading your article right now, and if you need to borrow days, I can let you borrow some days. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> One uh, uh, one important thing is that this is not sort of a, a single elimination bracket competition. It's just a race in the tournament practice room because I also got bored with people in the tournament practice room that quit on you and mm-hmm. I have to delete the videos. Etc. So now it's just the decks will try to win in the tournament practice room any way possible. So if the opponent quits and leaves, it's a win and the deck goes on to the next round, which will... Uh, Make the competition somewhat random and help the uh, the maybe funkier brews to get far into the competition. <laughs> Absolutely, interesting. And I'm, someone was someone going to say something? I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Okay. Okay. You sure? Yeah. To make the to make the gauntlet interesting, then uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of pauper brewers uh, sending me decks all the time, <laughs> and I I've started to say no, <laughs> but mm. now I'm saying yes and. 
I want people to submit in the pure MTGO article, uh, which you link to in the show notes. Uh, I hope <laughs> uh, there yes. uh, you can submit if you if you sign up for a pure MTGO account and make a comment in the article. You can submit decks, the other people's decks that you want to see, or your own decks. Um, and right now, as I said, there are 32 decks in the Gauntlet, so there's plenty of space for more decks. And uh, the thing, what I want from the decks, is hopefully, preferably I would want them to be uh, to have daily event results to prove that they are real decks, because I've already seen some decks that are super bad. <laughs> uh, if there is community interest in the decks, uh, if there is an article somewhere, if people are talking about the deck, uh, that's good. Uh, if I <laughs> if I have already played the deck on the YouTube channel, so I have it ready, it's, uh, I, I've realized now it's maybe 30 to 60 minutes of work just to put together a deck and make sure I have it for the gauntlet. So if I already have it, it's, it's an advantage. And if the deck is very unique... If, if it's something I haven't seen yet before, then I'm very impressed. Yeah. And what's what's nice about it, too, is not only is it kind of a, a, a way to see, you know, quote-unquote, which deck is the best, but it's just also a nice video primer for all of the different types of decks that you can see in, in the format, which is really great as well. Yep. I think there will be, uh, will be some sweet uh, Path to Victory articles by the end of the gauntlet, you can see some funky brew winning 10, ge- ten matches in a row. That's my vision. <laughs> I've seen something goofy go into town. Also, but throwing to, that all, oh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Also to increase interest, uh, I am in the Pure MTG article going live on August the 12th, where the competitors will be uh, presented. I am giving away a playset of Steam Wents to uh, the person that can guess uh, the winning deck in the gauntlet. So everybody with a pure MTGO account gets one guess in the August 12th article, and the one who guesses the deck that wins uh, first gets the Steam Wents. That's a pretty sweet incentive. Yeah, it is. It's just takes a couple of minutes to create an account on pure MTGO, so you haven't already done so get in there and get ready to, to throw in your prediction for who you think is going to win now you can't do it dan I w- August the 12th though yes yes so dan your prediction do you have do you have any idea who you think might be the deck that will take it delver uh, would be my first <laughs> guess <laughs> yeah sadly this was but, sorry in the bed already or Come again, I didn't hear you. Did someone actually put a bet in for Temporal Fissure in there yet? Or no? You can't put in bets before August the 12th. Oh. And there are at now three uh, Temporal Fissure decks in the Gauntlet oh. already. Wow. Familiar Storm, Simic Storm Post, and Monoblow Storm Post. Yeah. Hmm. So it'll be nice, too, to see, um, you know, Delver's another good example of that, too, is that in reality, you call a deck Delver or you call a deck, you know, Monoblue Fairies, but there are some subtle differences to the, to a couple of different types of them, whether it's more of a fish deck or whether it's more of a control deck. So that'll be that'll be interesting to kind of see those different interactions. So Dan thinks that Delver's gonna win. I'm gonna have to that, agree with Dan because Delver's just a good deck. 
Nate, you're not going to throw your hat in for mono black control? Nope. I love the deck, but Delver's just too good. It works too well. There is a, a thing that could stop Delver, actually. Delver, if you played a lot of Delver, you know that Delver has a lot of difficulties and bad matchups that are not normally in the daily events. Sort mm-hmm. of, that's why MBC is thriving right now, uh, because yeah. you can build a mono-black control deck that wrecks Delver and Elves. And so what will happen in the tournament practice room right now, I predict, is that uh, there will be slivers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> because of predatory sliver. And yeah. uh, I don't know how good the Delver matchup is, but it, the sliver deck has the so some, some of the characteristics of the decks that Delver has difficulty for. But I, I haven't guess tested I, it yet. I guess I have experiences pay, facing down Delver with Slivers in the past. And it can be done. It's just you gotta know what Slivers to stop. The thing is, it's though, key. now that they have 12 Lords, that makes things a yeah. lot harder. Even if you do count the ones, chances are they still have the one they need. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, yeah, like I said... More I, Lords than I have count spells. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, if if, if you get the right Slivers, you can actually actually uh, go, but the, but then again a lot of your Delver players, if it gets the, the, I've seen a few Delver players that if they get buckled on by stress with too much aggro, they just automatically they automatically don't play it out, they'll just concede and go into the next one and try to try to get try to get out faster and, and in most cases in most cases that's the bad I the bad way to go about that matchup. If you're playing Delver and you're going against Slivers, the best thing to do is just play it out. Because I don't know how many times when I was facing down a Sliver deck that I was down to one life and I came back and won. So, but yeah. that's what Delver does. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's my experiences playing playing doing that matchup. So, All right, cool. Well, anything else that you wanted to to bring up with the popper gauntlet, Dan? I think that's uh, that's the main. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, do you have any questions? <coughs> Excuse me. Um. The the questions are, um, I guess, it, it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's, and, it's and work I'm already doing yeah. pretty much. So. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and so it's not a it's not a discouraging comment, and it's definitely not a, um, yeah, I guess discouraging. But it was just more like you know, I think it's I think it's a commendable thing to do, and you know, it, it's something that I think can be a benefit, you know, not only for an entertainment factor, but like I said, for an, an educational factor as well. And I'm just I'm just really interested to see how everything turns out, you know. Because my first initial thought is is just like what everyone else is saying is that Delver Delver is going to be the one that takes it, and I hope I'm proven wrong. And it's it's one of those things where you can have the best deck, the, the quote unquote best deck, but it just has the one matchup where it's just a dog to, and you know that's just the way it went as far as the pairings went, and it ended up losing. So so it, it's really interesting because it's going to be. How do I want to wear this? It's going to be almost subjective as much as it is objective information, and it's more that's where the entertainment factor comes in. Yeah. I think that even if Delver has the biggest chance to win, it's no greater than 5% in a field of maybe 60, 70 decks. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, one more thing about the gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, on August the 18th, uh, it's a Sunday, I will be streaming uh, Tier 1 Day. So I will play all the Tier 1 decks on stream at twitch.com slash magicgatheringstrat. Uh, so I will be sitting there all day uh, in Swedish daytime and uh, play Tier 1 decks in the gauntlet. Excellent. So everybody's welcome to watch. <laughs> I would be I probably would be be very uh, yeah confused by the end because I haven't streamed more than four hours uh, in a row. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure we put that link up to the Twitch channel as well. Thanks. Um, how long do you anticipate that that you think it would take for this to run its course? Do you have a rough estimate on that? Yes, I have. Uh, my ambition is to announce the winner. Before I uh, before New Year, pretty much, okay. and I think that it will take into December. Uh, if there are a hundred decks, uh, it's about two hundred two hundred fifty matches, and I've already done a thousand <laughs> videos <Jeez>. for this year. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, if you if you go onto YouTube Magic Gathering Strat, it's and what's funny is because I follow you guys on Twitter as well. Is it's just. Video, 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 video. Okay, they just, you know, Dan just got done playing. Here's eight more videos. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, uh, we are now eight different video makers on the channel, but I still make up uh, 70% of the videos, I think, 75 perhaps. <laughs> Excellent. So to stick, to, to, wow, I can't talk. <laughs> to take a step back from the popper gauntlet and just to maybe talk about uh, MTGO Strat as a whole, are there any other you know, maybe article series or video series that we can kind of be looking forward to seeing in the near future? Uh, I'm <laughs> trying to make David Schaffer make a book about Popper, <laughs> actually. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he is the he is our best writer, and his uh, article series, Thoughtcast, is uh, perhaps the best Popper writing there is. And the fact that he managed to delivers, uh, deliver such high-quality articles every week is quite impressive. So shout-out to David Absolutely. Absolutely. And as someone who tries to produce weekly content, I, I understand full well how difficult that can be at times, so that's it's refreshing to hear and, and read about. And one thing we've been trying to do with MTGeostrat is to allow new writers to uh, publicity and try out uh, new writers. So uh, you'll find that the quality of writing will be uh, all over the place some of the time, but we're, we're trying to see what sticks and we, we want to be liberal. We might split the site, actually, into two different sections with, like, sort of regular content and sort of casual or, or trial content in another section. Reader submitted, that type of thing. We're also trying to get uh, more more podcasts, actually, uh, to host. Uh, we, we have the capacity to host more. We are now right now hosting you guys and uh, the competitive podcast, but... We could do at least three more. Yeah. Well, excellent. Anyone out there has any ideas for a podcast, um, you know, talk to the guys at MTGO Strat. And, you know, I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. If you had questions about what it takes to do one, I'm always available, and I love answering those types of questions. So feel free to ask me if you had any questions or ideas. So, well, Thanks for um, all your help, by the way, Chris. You have been uh, a great resource when we started up this podcast. It's my pleasure. It's 
it's kind of daunting when you start because there are so many different ways you could go about doing it. And then you just kind of have to narrow it down to the way that works best for everyone and, and stick to it. But I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the two episodes so far. I'm looking forward to hearing more. So we didn't do an episode yesterday because of the audio problems. So we're trying to work out the audio. We'll be testing this week. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Audio between, is always a problem. Between Skype and, you know, having people across the entire world. I mean, Skype's, Skype's a wonderful resource to be able to talk to people, you know, like we're talking to you. Yeah. But, man, is, you know, if someone's internet connection is a little bit slower or someone's microphone is acting up, there's just so many ways that it, it can just wreck what you're trying to do. Yeah. So. And then I also see... Team DBC recruiting. Yeah, uh, Team DBC uh, doing battle with commons is uh, a popper clan that has been around uh, forever, used to contain all the great popper players. And they are, uh, I've been in the clan since uh, over a year. And uh, the clan is uh, sort of getting back on its feet and uh, it wants to find more grinders. They are all daily event players in the clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily pauper. Then they are a lot of them are in the top 150 of the Magic Online players. So there is a constant competition going on between uh, to make it into the yearly championship of Magic Online. And I mm-hmm. think there is at least six guys from the clan in the top 150. So That's if you are if you are a daily events player or if you want to be a daily events player and are really serious about spiky grinding. Uh, contact uh, J Series 84 on um, on Magic Online or me. Yep, J S I R I 84 on MTGO or Dan is at S I S S E L A on MTGO. And, and actually, um, it's better to contact me on YouTube than on uh, on Magic Online. If I am uh, online, I'm filming 90% of the time and I can't talk. <laughs> If if you see Dan's online, leave him the hell alone. Okay? <laughs> you can actually uh, another great place to talk to me is uh, the Puppet to the People forums. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, I saw uh, yesterday that I am now the uh, the person with the most posts on the forum that is not uh, a host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel bad sometimes because it's like between editing the show and and trying to research content every week it's like man i can't get on the forums as much as i want to so i i, re- I really rely on you know the community members and, and people like you dan to to keep those keep those threads going so so i'm actually really appreciative of that actually your forum and uh, matt's great moderation is the reason that mtgostrat doesn't have a forum because uh, i i personally see no use for it because you have such an excellent forum and it's all about pauper so we need to we need to just combine the resources and just find some way to let you guys get onto our forum and and do that stuff because well, I have absolutely no problem with. Didn't it. we have that discussion a while ago when we said we were okay with it? Yeah, and then it you know life got in the way. <laughs> okay, I remember something about that, and I was, I, I remember responding to it. Yeah. So, so we just we need to yeah find time to do it and just just make it. Both the popper to the people and the MTGO strat yeah. forums. We, we'll listen short of all those discussions from my side because uh, I, I used him to do all the boring administration stuff so I can do videos. <laughs> Dan, Dan uses Will. Understood. 
So let's take a let's take a ninety degree turn here really quick. I wanted to actually ask you guys uh, what it is that you've been playing over the past week, just maybe get a feel how it goes. Obviously, I've been playing Ghoul, <laughs> both online and and offline. So, um, I've been playing the Brew actually because I've had some time after the kiddos go to sleep. Everyone goes to sleep because I've been awake. So I've been playing the July Brew. I'm six and two with it right now. Um, I have I've been having a few problems with some of the cards though. I just the Akrashas don't work as well as I thought, as well as what me and Peter talked about. But at first they looked like they would work, but now they really don't. Um, just been kind of fiddling around with that. And then uh, still been playing my EDH every week, and I made a new new EDH deck with Thrun. So but all I've really been up to. Excellent. How about you, Peter? Well... Been still doing some a little bit or the last bit of grinding before the weeks up or the months up for this last brew, which has been going pretty well. And then whenever I get burnt out on that, I switch over to a mono green stompy for a standard popper. Sure, sure. And Dan, I'm sure you've been playing a wide variety of stuff. <laughs> yes, I have. But I've been trying to avoid pauper to get uh, fired up for for the gauntlet. So I've been doing a lot of modern, and uh, I'm looking for deck in modern to play. So that, that has been like the, the ongoing quest on the YouTube channel this week, and I've been crushed with every deck I've played, pretty much. Yeah. I just stuck with the Living End deck anytime I feel like I want to do modern, but... I play Grix Twin. I, have, I, have I play modern in paper, and I have a Grix Twin deck that I have, which just does a Splinter Twin combo with just massive control. Yeah. It's a pretty fun deck to play. It works. And speaking Brew of the Month, um, Avery, who is by f- one of the people who by far grinds out a lot with it, he made a post on the 23rd, so about a week ago, that he's 20 and 14 with the deck and that he's burned out. <laughs> I don't, I don't he's a trooper. It's an yeah. easy deck to get burned out with because it gets to a point where you just can't concede because if you concede, your opponent's going to win, so you got to play it out. And it seems like you you get to a point where your opponent just can't do anything anymore. Yeah. So all you can do is sit and wait for him to cast a spell to, and it's also to one, counter it, to stop it, and extort it, or whatever. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, sometimes this happens when we do the Brew of the Month stuff, where there is a better version of our deck, and it's the one that runs Flicker, and it's the one that does the other stuff that we were trying to avoid. So ultimately... I can understand burnout with that when you're trying to, when you know I'm not playing the most optimal cards because I'm actively trying to avoid that strategy. Yeah. To our defense, though, our deck does pretty dang well. And like I said, I've had a discussion with a couple of people debating what's the better extort, if you're going to make it a short deck, what's the better one to go blue-white or black-white. or black white. So I think we've done our job. But it's oh, definitely I'm- the game, it's definitely if you're sitting down playing our brew, it's not going to be a quick game usually. No. And so you're going to be in there for the long haul. In fact, I had a few. I think my last two matches I had, I had the board locked down right away. And the player knew I had the board locked down right away, so he was purposely not playing anything, yes. trying to get me to give up. 
even though I was ahead. <laughs> because everything he'd play, I'd either lock it down or I'd counter it or I'd bounce it or something. And he, the guy just got to the point where he's like, well, fine, if you're going to stop everything I do, I'm just going to run your clock down. <laughs> so he's, he's just trying to be a complete Sad dick. as it is. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. what the deck does. If Once you get the lock on your opponent, they can't do anything, and the only thing they can really do is draw and start discarding stuff out of their hand and make you time out. You know, that's when you just tell them, you know, hey, man, you know, I will reimburse you for the tickets that it cost you to play this right now. If you just, oh, it didn't cost anything to play this in tournament practice or just for fun? Yeah, just don't be a jerk. Yeah. But, yeah, because, like, and that and I, I, have had, I had a few matches where they're, like, they're, they're sitting here say, saying my, that the deck I was playing was complete douche tactics. And I'm like, well, it's blue-white. <laughs> it's, it's blue-white control. It's what blue-white control blue has control. always done. <laughs> Stabilize everything? Anything going to happen? No? Okay. Now we're going to start just, killing It you. just really blows when you get them down to that last three. Or, I, I, I've had this happen once or twice. I, you get the opponent down to that, that three or four life, and you, you, you're just, you just want one card because they've, they've stopped playing cards because they, they just they know they can't do anything. So you're 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 like hoping to draw a card that you can play, like a creature or something, just to extort and end the game. And then you get a long line of like counter spells and just lock down stuff. And it's like, are you serious? I have to lock my own board down now, <laughs> just to win. <laughs> I've also started uh, teaching my daughter Joelle how to play Magic. Nice, fun. So we went. Out- Went out and um, bought her one of the toolkits and helped her open it up. And um, it, it, it was the 2014 edition, so it had a pack of 2014, a pack of 2013, a pack of Return to Ravnica, and a pack of Gatecrash. So I was opening up the cards and looking at them with her. And in the Return to Ravnica pack, there was a, a Deathrite Shaman. Nice. It's just like, Dad, Daddy's just going to take that one, okay, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> now, Daddy loves you, but Daddy's also kind of greedy, so Daddy's just going to go ahead and take this. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> These cards aren't going to last very long, so I will I will go ahead and hold on to this. Make sure it stays good. $10, yes. Can, can I uh, mention something about the Brew of the Month? Absolutely. Uh, first, uh, I, I think it's uh, it was a great Brew of the Month, uh, and... I think it is the better extort deck compared to a black-white extort deck. And that's, uh, I think that's because the way magic is designed, you see it very clearly in classic poker, the blue is the strongest color because the things that, uh, that defeats blue are not present at common level. So going blue in standard poker is almost always the correct decision. Uh, a fun thing with the brew was that it really didn't stand up very well to mono blue flyers, which was sort of the point of the deck. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but it that. was a sweet brew. And I, I want to um, first shout out to Avery61 for all the good work he does with the brew of the month. And uh, then I want to thank you guys for the segment. It's It's been very fun the last three months. And I think this this month shows that uh, it's clearly better when it's standard pauper than classic pauper. So completely uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the classic. I, I prefer standard pauper. Sorry. 
No, it's fine, Christine. It's fine. I'll wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was done. Uh, just uh, stand up over brews, much preferable over classic brews. Yeah, I'd actually almost thought about you know doing it again with standard popper, especially because we've got M14 out now, and I think it'd be nice to get the jump on that. I yeah, let's say I'm game for that. I am and too. I think what Nate was trying to say is also kind of points out to the article too that me and Dan both mentioned at the beginning of the show is the classic popper metagame is complete is well defined at this point, and like we've said, it's hard to find and take a chip at going. Okay, what kind of deck would break this metagame? But with what we have right now, it's really tough to do that. And unless we get a big new toy to play with, I don't see any kind of brews really standing out to make anything. Sure, you'll get a brew that will take someone by surprise for a while, but it's not going to be consistent enough to actually like warrant the headache it's going to cause, unfortunately, for the test. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. And, and the other point is the fact that say, for instance, we get some sort of, you know, like in Theros block, we get some sort of killer blue, you know, common that is, is absolutely incredible. Kind of like Delver. Um, it's not going to create a new deck. What it's going to do is it's going to get fit, it's going to get crammed into the existing blue deck and just make that deck that much more formidable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is usually what ends up happening, at least in my experience. Yeah. Or it will revive an old archetype like uh, Green White Auras in Return to Ravnica and uh, the Cyclops, the Delver Fiend deck with the Cyclops. Yeah. My favorite deck, by the way. I love Delver Fiend. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't isn't a good or a bad thing. It's just the it's just one of the things that you learn to deal with when you play in, in a legacy eternal format, yeah. you know, which is classic popper. So yeah, we can we can focus on brewing with standard popper again next next week. I think that'd be great. And I'm willing to I'm willing to admit that te- playing this month's brew of the month has made me like have a different opinion of standard popper. I actually enjoy it a lot more than classic now. Good. Yeah, I've I've been I've been a fan of it since we since we started doing it. Since we have a guest here, Dan, do you have any suggestions what you'd like to see for the next month's brew while we have you here? Hmm, you caught me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> maybe something black. Something black. Ooh, something black. I think. I think that that's a good call. Monoblack control. Try making it work. No, it doesn't have to be monoblack. I, I don't know if that okay. can be done. If you can do that, it's it's amazing, but something black. Go ahead and just crypt could... incursion all day. Boy, blue black mills got that already. Damn. Well, I mean, I'm thinking you do you do Rakdos and you start getting into some of those, you know, like traders, you know, the, the filch person's card and then sack it, that type of stuff. Well, we already knew oh, one of the new decks to be, yeah, to be eventually, but... Because with, I know there's a couple people out there already who have one or two sliver brews in mind. As I've talked to people, I know I have my own, but it'll be interesting to see how those play out. Actually, five color slivers, baby. Unfortunately, <laughs> like the only like blue and like what is it, black slivers are at rare level. So, if you... well, that's your counter spells and. You... <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I've seen people who are either going to go. It sounds like. From what I've gathered from people, it's either going to be Naya or uh, Green White. Yeah. Stick to the classic Green White colors. Well, if you look at it, the deck's going to be pretty dang strong because Innistrad's still going to be in there for a while, so they're going to have your Lords. You're going to have Hive Starians, which will be two. Travel prep. You'll have travel prep still, and so it's going to have a lot of the tools. It won't be as good as the classic build, mind you, but it'll still have a fair number of the tools. 
But like I said, the only thing I can see going on is uh, them splashing for, what is it, the haste lever or first strike sliver in red, or both, I don't remember. And then you also get your complement of uh, burn spells, which, in my opinion, red does one of the best jobs at on-board control, as opposed to white, where pacifisms are clearly showing their weakness, especially in the wake of uh, Flicker decks. Yeah. What I still think will be interesting is to see how much of the classic uh, Slivers deck gets boosted by the the new Slivers. Especially if you see in a matchup someone trying to run you know, like the old school Sliver build where it was all the classic Slivers against a new Sliver build because then your your creatures, your Slivers aren't pumping his, but his are pumping yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the big things you're going to see in the... Cl- well, one of the cl- first changes you're going to see in the classic list is you're not going to see people running Metallic Sliver anymore. Simply put, just because... The reason why Metallic Sliver is there is it's one one for one that gets buffed. But if they could replace it with an extra Lord, you know full well that's what they're going to do. They're going to find a way to fit all four Predator Slivers in there. It's just Metallic Sliver and probably either, what is it, is there another two drop slip or another uh, bear sliver they use besides spinneret, or is that the only one? Well, maybe virulent sliver makes the gets the cut. It's hard to say though because virulent sliver is still really good against uh, the clock. Yeah, virulent matchup. sliver is really good. Yeah, card. You have to play virulent pretty much. There are like three placing uh, uh, sliver stick in the dailies of uh, the 27th and the 28th. A Tarkan Mag, the classic Delver player, is uh, playing slivers right now. <laughs> nice. I, can, uh, I can actually... We have an article on MTGeostrat about the slivers decks. Uh, and one big thing we'll see from Predator Sliver is I think there will be a monogreen slivers deck. Basically a, a stompy slivers deck possible. Uh, and that will finally get the advantage of having one color because having just being monocolored is a really big advantage in the yeah. dailies. That's true. And slivers can do it. Yeah, and also with the slivers, I can also see some people like completely. I can see the classic sliver deck almost that just right, just cutting any old sliver you possibly can to replace it with a new one. Because I can say it's yes just, and no, but because there's a bunch really of good. really good old ones still too. Yeah, like you can't get rid of the vigilance one. Isn't there a vigilance one? The vigilance one's <laughs> one's coming out. Yeah, the vigilance. That's one's the one's other coming. one that people are trying to find a way to get in because. Yeah, there's a lot of slivers to work with. Like even sidewinders, amazing, just because flanking stacks, virulence stacks, yeah, all of your lord stacks. So it's. it's the only like the first one that comes to mind are just your filler ones like metallic sliver, and then if for some reason you're running gem hide, they'll replace that one too. Yeah. Well, in this build that in this build that Tarkin Mag is running because he's actually doing Naya, um, I, you, I understand the reason for having the gem hide sliver in there. But I think that if you do, especially if you're going mono or even down to two color, that might be one you could cut a couple back out of. Or actually, I should have thought of this sooner. They might actually just be cutting the travel preps or thriller the hunts finally. Because the reason why Travel Prep made its way into the deck, too, is because they were looking for another Lord. Okay. And I think the other thing that's going to be really helpful is one of the biggest problems with Slivers, at least from my experience, is it's a deck that doesn't mulligan well. Just because yeah, they are the yeah. antithesis of overextension. So if you don't have all the things you need in your hand and be able to just go bam, 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 and play them out turn after turn, the deck tends to flop, it seems. And now getting, again, that whole extra set of... Uh, Lords, and then some more extra utility ones, as in like the Vigilance ones, which will allow them to be even more aggressive than they already are. 
I can see it making a swing up or an upswing in the ratings, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there will be three to four weeks uh, with a lot of slivers everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah. It will be the new Shiny, the new Nivix Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, as far as metagame's concerned, it's pretty standard. <laughs> All blue everywhere. No, <laughs> lots of Stompy. Oh yeah, Stompy too. Lots and lots and lots of Stompy. There's actually yeah. two separate sliver builds in this. I think there was event. one uh, one in the daily on the 27th and two on the 28th or vice versa. Yes, yeah, two on the 28th. So I'll link that really quick. People were hating hard on Stompy, so there were mean dicks. Standard Bears, uh, which yeah. <laughs> made Stompy lose the number one spot in the meta. Yeah. Uh, life is hard when you're a Stompy player and people main deck Standard Bear. <laughs> it's just one of those moments where you have to sit there and look at and go, that happened? Ah, uh, son of a... Well, then you also go, I knew it was I knew it was going to happen. The, the gravy train is, has run its course. <laughs> and then you just have to play blue like everyone else. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Gotta go pull up my Delver deck again. <sighs> dust it off. What are you talking about, dust it off? You only set it aside for maybe a week at most. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to do Heroes of the Web? Sure, what do we got sure. this time? Can I take a guess on that's from MTG, MTG Salvation, or do we got something else? It is. Time? Oh! It is. But did you know that Heroes of the Web is the segment of the show where we take a look at some of the more interesting characters that inhabit the internet? We do? I thought they were the cesspool of the world. Yeah, well, no, they're interesting. Ah, okay. We're we're being courteous this time, we're saying. Yeah, Yeah, this one strikes close to home. Yeah. Does the prize support at this local game store sound fair? And so... Basically, I, I won't read the whole thing because there's a couple of paragraphs here. But this guy's saying that the people who win get too many, pri- get too much in the way of prizes. Um, Fifteen bucks, first place gets nine packs, second place gets six packs, third place gets four. Everyone else gets a prize pack or a pity pack, and at the end of the draft, they all redraft the rares and the foils. So basically now you have a situation where first place not only gets you nine packs as a prize, but also gets the best card pulled in the entire pod. So see a bunch of mythics and stuff, and so you basically get 80-plus of value from a $15 draft. If you don't place, you usually just get a bunch of crap rares. So Uh, he's saying that this is a pretty bad deal. It is a bad deal. Everyone's saying, actually, it's not a bad deal if you win. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a bad deal if you win, but if you're a regular player, I can guarantee you you're eventually going to tick that customer base off, and they're not coming back. Yeah. And that's basically it. There wasn't a whole lot of really... Not really. Yeah. Oh, no interesting hate? No fan fiction? Damn. No, I was kind of looking. I mean, I wanted to keep the segment in because it's it's a... It's tradition at this point, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually scared by all the crazy posts you find. <laughs> you have a talent for finding them. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he just goes, no, no, doesn't go past the second page of MPG Salvation. Usually finds yeah. something. I try I to avoid that site. <laughs> You're a smart man. 
you have to really pick at the scab and, and try and find the stuff. <laughs> it's a sad commentary on the MTG community that there are selfish skilled players promoting redrafting to remove pack variants and take good money cards away from new players. And then just eye roll. So when stores charge newbies five pounds a week to lose an F and M, will the better players scoop up all the winnings? Is just as bad, right? If you aren't ready for tournament play, don't play in tournaments. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, like I say, when I said I hit this, this this hits close to home is like when I, when the dugout was still open, I I deal with this issue like I could come in on a because like I always worked Fridays and sat in Sundays. I come in on Friday and they're, they're, they'd always they'd always have the like the complaints left from the last week's tournaments because some weeks I were I didn't run tournaments after run tournaments during the weekend and it's like all right here's the code it, it, it's like get the notes and it's like before I even look at it I was like price support price support price support and that's all anyone ever complains about you're always gonna tick somebody off when it comes to running a store and uh, making up making your price support someone's you always have one or two people that are never going to be happy, but redrafting—that's—I think that goes beyond the pale. That's just—I think that's just a bad decision to make. Because yeah, with redrafting, do you mean uh, uh, giving the the best rare to the number one player? Yeah, that's usually usually what they end up doing is um, after. After everything's said and done and everyone's opened their packs and played, all of the foils and, and the rares and the mythics get thrown back into the prize pool, and yeah. then the, the top people just kind of take turns picking the ones they want. Yeah, that's – I think that's a huge no-no. I I mean, you're going to make your – if you want to make your competitive or spiky player base happy, well, you're going to make them happy because they're, they're going to win all the time. Most of the time, they're in, in the top. But your – People who are just showing up to draft and stuff like that, you're not making them happy in the least bit. That that casual player is not happy. I, that's, I think the prize support for the packs is is more is well enough. What they're doing for prize support, that's fine. That's perfect. But redrafting. I mean, that's, that's part of the fun. Is you might get you know it's like the lottery aspect of it is you know. It, and and there's there's skill in that as well. It's like one of the one of the was it M12 or M11? I can't remember the last time it was printed, but it was a corset draft. And I opened my pack up and there was a foil bane slayer in it. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, I'm not gonna not take that. I mean, even yeah. though I'm not the the biggest fan of playing you know white. Yeah. But then it's just it would suck, you know, to you know to be like, you know. If they had mentioned ahead of time, you know, we're going to rare draft, you know, we're going to redraft, you know, after everything's said and done, okay, I would understand that. I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand that. But I mean, like a, a 12 or 13 year old kid that pops that open and sees that and takes it to, you know, if he's not, if he's just there hanging out with, you know, dad or older brother or just with some friends and, and he's not going to win, that sucks for him. Yeah. I, that's, that's exactly my point. That's why I think it's a bad idea. Because if that player is getting like what 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 did the beginning of the post said they get like nine booster packs if they win, and then that on top of it, yeah, and that on top of it that's completely. I mean, he's getting nine prize packs. I think that's more than enough to make first place happy. He doesn't need any more. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, and the thing is with the whole redraft thing when they do that with the rares, of course everyone that didn't win is getting screwed because if you're a 
if you win first place in direct, most people, in my experience, is the ones that get first, second, third, fourth place and in drafts and seals. These are people that religiously study the spoilers and go ahead of time and look and practice draft with the dra- draft generators. And they'll even they'll even go home with their friends and eat everyone will buy three booster packs, and they'll draft it home. And just these people study drafting. That's all they do. So they're always going to get in the top four. And if you redraft and you're making uh, making everyone open their packs and say I open a amazing money card and I have to redraft that, you know you're not getting that card back. Those top players are going to take those every single time. That's completely unfair. I actually went to my first paper draft uh, this side of the millennium. (laughs) Did my first paper tournament in 12 years uh, at the local store Arcane in Stockholm. And the only prize uh, they had was a redraft. So there were were no boasters, uh, nothing, Mm. just, just a redraft. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, and I understand that if you're not giving extra packs up for price support, then something like a redraft is 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 acceptable, in 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 that situation because if someone's paying fifteen dollars for a tournament and they're not getting extra packs, yeah, that that would be a case where that would come into play. But the winner's already getting nine booster packs. Yeah, well, there's a guy in that thread that. There's a guy in that thread that actually said um, we don't give prizes. I mean, you you pay five bucks for three boosters and you get to keep the cards you drafted. And it's like, okay, that's yeah, that's that's a little expensive for a booster it pack. Is. But you know, honestly, it's not unreasonable for three packs of magic in a night of fun. Yeah, time, time to mean, rare draft in that case. Yeah. yeah, and I guess with the in my like. With our like what we did at the dugout is like if we did the rule on draft in any sealed event there was no pity packs because you got three booster packs basically or six booster packs if it's a sealed and uh, we usually did the top if we had like a big crowd then it was top eight but if you're doing eight man pods then top four get price support and but and and it was always uh what was I can't I can't remember what the off the top of my head, I can't remember the numbers were. But if it's a pod, it's basically a tournament in a box. Because if you're in an eight-man pod, you're, that entire booster box is enough to draft and then have your prize support all together, and you're good with the packs that way. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, I guess, uh, having having a winner get that much and, and then redrafting is a little over the top. That's just, yeah. that's just bad. Bad for business. Yep. So it wasn't funny, but it was a <laughs> point that needed to be said, I guess. So so we covered DBC. Um, now, Dan, you also wanted to mention that competitive popper cast. you have a competitor? Uh, I think we... Um, no, I just wanted to mention that competitive popper cast is now competing with you guys. <laughs> But we are not really competing, and we are no. pretty cooperating quite well, I think. <laughs> yeah, and we are we are well in opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, you guys are you guys are the very spiky. You know how to how to do things, how to win, and we're over here like, hey. <laughs> so this is a thing. Look at that. And then they get they get to investigate it and see whether it worked or not. 
You're listening to the early morning show. P double T P with your host Chris and the beef. And Chris, I don't think that's yeah. gonna work unless you have the wacky soundboard to go with everything. <laughs> We're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. Not that it so. really matters. You can't see us anyways, but oh yeah. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be. <laughs> that was terrible. That was. It wasn't even funny. It was just cringeworthy. Yep. So comments, emails, and feedback. Comments, emails, and feedback. Feedback. <laughs> uh, Adam Adam Tights writes. Um, what's the date for the Minnesota meetup in St. Cloud going to be? Um, I don't know if you guys are still gonna. At maybe try and do something anyway, but we're still we're, we're running with the we're gonna try and get a meetup online. We're gonna so. do the meetup online. It's not happening in Minnesota this year because Chris is busy. So, but I do have we. But my my group of friends here in the Saint Cloud. If you are interested in starting uh, a group of people who uh, just a group um, a magic group and do our own tournaments with Popper different popper formats. We're going to do some standard poppers, some classic popper, some popper, some popper EDH tournaments, popper cube drafts, and we're, we're going to pay it. We're going to pay it. We're just going to buy the packs and do our own little price support thing on our own without using, without sanctioning or anything. Just kind of get our own thing going. So you started talking popper like that. I, Flashback to Forrest Gump, where it's like shrimp scampi. <laughs> basically, That's we're all gonna. About that, I guess. Yeah, basically, what it's... what we're aiming, what I'm aiming to do anyway, and there's there's quite a few people, there's a few people interested in this. Uh, we're just gonna get together a group of a group of us friends, invite only, and uh, just play some play some popper and um, and kind of had just hang out and have fun. I mean, that's the whole point. I still have to narrow it, narrow it down or get get it nailed down to what the plan's going to be, but it's just something that uh, we I kind of that it got brought up this weekend because uh, on Friday night we had a bunch of, I had a bunch of friends over and we we're hanging around the fire just chilling, and somebody had mentioned running tournaments at my house and just playing popper here, kind of doing our own kind of developing our own meta game within our group, because and, uh, and just kind of go that route and uh i i really like the idea i have the space to do it and i I was thinking why not so it's kind of where we're going with that but um for uh, i don't know where adam is in minnesota but uh it comes down to it he's more than welcome to join us so you can contact me anytime once i get it nailed down it's just in st cloud i don't know how far he is away but it'd be a weekend thing so I can help him out on room a room at a motel if he needs it. So cool. you gonna invite that one friend, the really competitive friend who most of the time he's cool, but every once in a while you play a game and he just kinda unloads and becomes an asshole. You gonna invite that guy? Yeah. You know that guy, Peter? Yeah, right? no, I'm gonna invite that guy. Yeah, he I'm gonna invite him. He's a friend. We'll just <laughs> we'll just have to like have Nerf guns on hand or something like that. There's one in every play group. That's why. Oh, I understand. I wouldn't want to ruin your fun. I'll just hang out over here. <laughs> Whatever you are. Okay, Michael Sheritz <laughs> writes. Um, 
so are you guys familiar with Day9.tv? Um, and he, I think he does like StarCraft, if I remember correctly. But he also did, um, he he was the one that was the StarCraft guy that kind of got into magic, if I remember correctly. Um, anyway, he has a fun day Monday where he gives viewers various restrictions and then commentates on the games that are submitted. Do you guys think something like that would work for Popper to the People? Huh. It can't be visual, but I think it'd be a good way to get some interesting content. For example, have people only drop three lands a whole game or put random movie quotes in chat every time they attack. Then they email you the match number to watch. Plus, people can always follow along with your comments if you add the match numbers to the show notes. I think it's a cool idea. It'd be fun. Hmm. You know, just kind of have listeners that played, you know, submit, you know, matches to us and then we commentate over them just to kind of see what's going on. We should wrestling commentate over them like WWE does. I get to be the bad guy. <laughs> so he says, anyway, just a random brainstorm that I thought you would enjoy. That's cool. We'll have to try something like that. Because so. it's fun enough to play a match and then commentate over top of it. But you know, with restrictions and stuff designed to make it goofy, that, that could be really fun. You know, just for some entertainment stuff. And he says, P.S., have you guys heard from Mikey lately? Um, who's Mikey? Oh, Mikey, that guy, he's off. He's married. He's got three kids working his ass off. Just yeah, kidding. He, um, he's being Mikey, and he's just doing his thing. <laughs> <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, um, no, he's he's around, and as far as I know, he's doing good. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Mikey. I missed the fight he's gonna, of hate. Yeah. He's gonna write me now and be like, "Dude, really? You had to say you had to say you didn't know who I was." It's like it was a joke, man. I was gonna say in the li- in the comment section of this, he's gonna load up an audio file of his five minutes of hate on this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I hate is proper to the people. Those sons Here's of bitches. <laughs> and the number one reason, Chris. <laughs> no, um, as far as as far as I know, he's doing good. Um. It's not like we hate each other or anything, so he's just doing his own yeah. thing, and he's doing pretty good at what he's doing on his own. So, last I heard, yeah. So, so yeah. You guys have anything else to add, or should I put a bow on it? No, that's fine. I put a bow on it. I have one thing uh, okay. regarding. Yeah, paper popper. I'm in uh, Sweden, as uh, you might know, and uh, there are there is a paper popper community in Poland. That's like uh, two thousand kilometers to the south. If there is uh, anyone who plays paper popper in sort of northern Europe, uh, uh, let me know. I can help you get uh, publicity, and uh, I would love to support the paper popper communities in 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 northern Europe. Just a shout out. Be fun time. Mm-hmm. I'm so uh, envious of you guys that actually get to play uh, paper pauper tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's and it's not the thing over here. Oh, it is great because people find out if you're playing mono black control, people find out what Hem de Turok is, and Hem de Turok just pisses everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> Turn because the only, uh, the only <laughs> There's nothing like turn four top decking your opponent. <laughs> no, there isn't. Having been able to experience that. What deck are you and playing? I, mean, I don't know. I don't have a hand. I forgot what's in my deck at this point. 
the sleeves are blue, but sometimes I do that to throw people off. <laughs> um, yeah, it. I, I'm in the I'm in the initial phases of trying to get a solid paper group going, and it's not easy, but you know it's worthwhile if you can get it going. So I mean, that's the first step is just to throw it out there. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So popper to the people at gmail dot com. Popper2thepeople.proboards.com, facebook.com slash popper2thepeople. Dan, how can people find you? You can find me on YouTube, on Magic Gathering Strat, or on mtgostrat.com. Excellent. You can find us online. I'm Grey Cat Records, Nate is NUCon, and Peter is Midnight03. And you can also find three out of the four of us on Twitter, I'm at CM Plummer, Nate's at Nathan Youngkin, and Dan is... Don Horning. Yes. And you can also follow at MTG... Is it MTG Strat on Twitter, or is it MTG Strat? Uh, it's uh, both Magic Gas Strat and MTG Strat. Yep. So, And you know, they'll, they post up on Twitter every time there's a new article, so or a new video, or any sort of new content. So that's a good way to, to keep abreast of the things. And that's a show, gentlemen. That is a show. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a morning person, thank but you. I still really appreciate you getting up early to come on with us. It was fun. Yeah, and it's a pleasure to finally get to actually talk directly to you. Yeah. You want to do so, us a favor? I love talking to you guys. I'll do the sign off. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't rehearse this. I know, and I'm putting I'll it on the spot, but I'd love to hear him. <laughs> All right, Dan, send us off. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> Anything. Did you say Anything. until next week? This is Dan. <laughs> until next week, this is Dan. <laughs> I'm Chris. This is Nate. This is oh, this is Peter. God dang. <laughs> you're the one screwed it up, too, and you're the one I want. You're the one that said it. Just try and do it. Blah, 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 whatever you got to say there, Ned. I don't even care. <laughs> and this is popper to the people. That blev jättebra, grabbar.